You are listening to Right Off the Bus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 28 of Right Off the Bus. It is Wednesday, July 7th, and we are so happy you're here. I'm Chandler Hudson. That's my wonderful co-host, Pat Mahoney, and we're ready to get into it, Pat. Pat, welcome back after a two-week hiatus. I know, I'm back. It's weird it's been two weeks. Like I feel like I should have only missed one, but it was was two, and I missed the half-year mark episode of 26, so... We had some scheduling conflicts, you know, and it happens. Man. I know. Things, and I, things happen. I definitely said on the podcast before I was like, before I left, I was like, yeah, I'll be here next week, but not the week after that. And then you it was like, to our faithful listeners I left, uh, <laughs> was I left Tuesday and we were like, yeah, we're not going to get one in Monday or Sunday. Sunday was father's day. So, I mean, I texted you and I was like, I said that, but I, I didn't even get home till like eight o'clock that night. And mm. I probably wouldn't have. So time yeah. was just a huge issue. I worked till six, but I may have had several drinks between six and 8 p.m. celebrating Father's Day. Yeah, and you're like, we're not doing Sunday. We're not doing Monday. So would have been a hot mic, Pat. Yeah, it would have been a hot mic (laughs) or would have just been mad tired. But you got Joe in. Joe did a good job. So I was happy Joe could come on. Absolutely, man. Joe did a great job filling in. And then, uh, you know, the solo episode, you know, they were both fun. They both went out right. But Pat, we're happy to have you back, man. And you went on vacation. You were in Florida, man. How was that? Good vacation? Much it was, Yeah, it was nice. I wouldn't say much needed because like I, I was working for like not that long and then immediately went right. on vacation. And I almost felt bad like at my job. But I told them when I got hired, hey, I got a vacation. So I went on. I went down to Madeira Beach in Florida. I went to Red Sox Rays down there, but Red Sox got smashed. That wasn't the 15 to one game, was it? No, that was, we lost eight to two. And then the next night, actually, there was almost a no hitter, but then the Red Sox blew it and lost. They almost had a no hitter, but it was good. Uh, Red Sox lost eight to two. It was fine. I have a Rays shirt, which is funny because like I, I go down there every year and like I go to, I've been to Tropicana like four times now, so. I have a raised shirt. I have not a jersey. I didn't spend like the 150 on a jersey, but I do have a shirt. So I, I wore it and I blended in with the Rays fans. <laughs> I, and uh, the two other people I was with had Red Sox shirt uh, jerseys on. There were a ton of Red Sox fans there. Like that's the thing about Rays games is that most of not most, but a lot of the people move from the Northeast down mm. to Florida. So there's a lot of Sox fans who either convert to Rays fans or they just stay Sox fans. Yeah, and every game I see in Tampa, man, there's some empty seats. So, uh, you know, glad glad the Bostonians can go down yeah. and fill in some empty seats. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there was like whole sections of red, and there were not a lot of people there. And like the Rays don't get the best attendance as it is, like you said. But just for being there that night, uh, there was a watch party at Amelie Arena for the Lightning. So the mm. Lightning were playing the Islanders, I think. It was like game six or game seven. So everyone was there. So uh, that was like where most of the attendance was, but yeah, the raise it was still good, still good down there in uh, Tropicana, in the dome, and went to Disney. I had never gone Ooh. to Disney. Went to well, I think I did when I was like one, but obviously you don't remember it too much. Might as well have not <laughs> yeah. gone at all. So I went to Disney. That was nice too. Nice man, you get some beach time in. I know you were sipping some margaritas, watching some Euros, enjoying yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I went to the beach. I went like every day, but one. So we were Word. at the beach a lot. It was nice. Did we get any golfing in? No, no, we ah. do have clubs down there. We we have clubs down there, but I did not 
I did not go golfing. There just wasn't time. I was like, I'm trying to relax, not get pissed, shooting way over par. Right. Hey, busy man, busy man. We'll pad up here. You know, we had some blazing days of heat. That's some horrible weather. And like Massachusetts likes to do, we had a terrible July 3rd. We had a terrible July 4th weather-wise. And uh, <laughs> we didn't you know, do it wasn't anything. the best, but luckily I was working some OT hours. So uh, Oh, that's I got, nice. I got Sunday off because of that. And uh, there you I go. Was, at the fourth off, man, went down to Plymouth, celebrated with some friends and family, lost a good amount of games of cornhole, man, was just chilling, drinking <laughs> the whole time. We're going to load everything down on the beach to do these, you know, we do a massive fire every year, like 10 feet tall, and cops came and shut it down while we were carrying all the wood down. So, you know, it wasn't the most eventful fourth, man, but it was still a good time. And uh, I don't know, were you were you back here? You do anything? I, yeah, there? no, I was back. I was going to say cornhole is like the classic, just lawn, like – like i feel like labor day and like fourth of july just party games like if you're outside but yeah, you i didn't have a drink in one hand you know which just makes yeah it, makes if it you're if you're righty you're thrown with your right beer in your left easy i did not even play that the most patriotic i got is right here with my u.s jersey on <laughs> i have my u.s soccer jersey on that's yeah, the I'm most sure, uh yeah, that's go. like the most patriotic i got i didn't no fireworks no no going out in like a lake or something. No, there was no, <laughs> no apple pie, it was, no bald eagles. But nothing. I'm I'm the type. I don't even care. So it was fine. Fourth of July. Didn't need to do much. Just hung out. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. Well, Pat, man, I'm feeling blessed to have you back. We are excited to get Good into to be this, back. man. Episode 28. And as always, man, time to get into some headlines, Pat. You want to start us off on some of these? Yeah, and uh, Shohei Otani, the first one, who I was arguing with a kid on Twitter about. Over like, I don't argue <laughs> on Twitter ever, but I was so annoyed when I saw that post. Just kid was saying Shohei Otani wasn't special at pitching, and I was like, okay, like, well, he's an all star first of all, which is the point of the headline, and he's the first all star ever as a pitcher and hitter. And clearly, like, you're not only an all star as a pitcher, but. It, I, when I was arguing, like his ERA was a 2.58. I don't know if he's pitched since then. 17th but, in the league. Yeah, 17th <laughs> in the league. And he's like, yeah, the kid arguing is like, yeah, that's not special. But I was like, it kind of is halfway through. And he's also batting. And what I think he hit his 31st home run today, earlier today, I think he did, or yesterday. Oh, my God. So the fact that he's got 31 homers, his batting average is great. And the guy had a 2.58 ERA, which is just unbelievable, which like two years ago, that was like third in the league. Mm. So, yeah, Shohei Otani is going to be a uh, two-way all-star, which is awesome. That is pretty cool, man. And we, we can't emphasize enough what Shohei Otani is doing. This guy's unbelievable. Showtime is back in California, just in a different sport. And it's a shame he's not on a better team, man, because <laughs> I know. If he was on a better team, he wins MVP. It's like the Mike Trout argument, you know? Yeah, him and Trout are stuck on the Angels. And, like, if they had a good team, oh, that would – they could have – I feel like if they had a pitching rotation, if they had for the last, like, eight years, they could have had an actual winning team. Their best pitcher in the last eight years was, like, Jared Weaver. How how much help does Shoney Otani need, man? He only has Mike Trout, the best player ever. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a staple in your rotation, and he can bat wherever in the lineup. And I I just don't understand how you don't somehow put together a winning team with that. He hit leadoff the other day, and it was the first time in like a hundred years that someone's bat leadoff and threw the first pitch of the game. <laughs> it's just, it's just nuts. It's not yeah. What well, back to good. Babe Ruth? Like, uh, it, literally, I think it was. It was like move over Babe Ruth and Showtime Otani is here. 
Showtime's here, baby. I'm all here for it. <laughs> all right, Pat, what we got next, man? We got Luka Doncic in Slovenia getting their first ever Olympic bid in men's basketball, man. That's pretty cool. You know, Luka's building that international legacy even more. I know, and it's like speaking of overseas stars coming to the U.S. Who, I mean, they played, so they beat Lithuania to qualify, and I was like, if Luca's destroying the NBA, like what's he going to do to the Lithuania national team? And he, I think he had like a 30 point triple double. So that's exactly what he's doing. He probably got like rest, but they, uh, they won pretty handedly. He got MVP for the qualifying tournament. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's Slovenia's first ever bid. So mm-hmm. they'll be going to the Olympics with Luca at the helm. So that's yeah. pretty cool. And like you said, I think it was a 31, 11, and 13 performance to put yeah. them in. Yeah, so, there you uh, go. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Yeah, for, not too shabby. For, probably effortless, probably an effortless triple-double. I mean, the assists are a little tougher because, like, that depends on your team, too. So those are probably a little easier in the NBA. But, what, he got 13 mm-hmm. of them or 11 of them anyways. There's no stopping Luka Doncic, man. He's special no matter what court he's playing on or what country he's playing in. He's been doing it since he's like 14. You know, this this is cool to see. Cool to see him put another team on his back. And I hope I hope he can do it to the Mavericks farther into the playoffs too. I hope uh, in the years to come. Right. No, absolutely. Hey, game seven against a team in the conference finals. Luka's Luka's trying. Get him some help, Mark Cuban. Yeah, Get there Kemba was no- Walker. Yeah, that's nothing to. Uh, Nothing to pout your head or nothing to pout about. Nothing to hang your head about. It's pretty, uh, pretty good. No, not at all. Not at all. What we got next, Pat? We got a little NHL. Like yeah, I know. I was podcast. Like, <laughs> I wanted to just point it out because I think I thought of it mainly because I was in Florida. Like, who knows? It's a big sports headline, so who knows? Like, I, we probably would have said something about it, but I was in Florida, so it made me think about the Lightning even more. And I was like, mm. I'm vicariously a Lightning fan, absolutely, along with the Bruins, just because. I go to, you know, Florida every year. So, so I, go, I stay in the Tampa area and I'm somehow a Lightning fan. But they took a, it was 3 nothing, but now it's 3-1 lead over the Canadians in the finals. So they're going for back-to-back titles. They were up 3 nothing, going for the sweep. And then I think the mayor of Tampa was saying they should take it easy in this game so that basically to throw the game so they could come back and win the cup in Tampa. And I was like, yeah, that's going to go well. And I think Barstool put out an article about it too. I was like, I was like, how are you going to jinx your team like that? They lose an OT. Imagine they lose the game in Tampa and it's only three, two. Now you go back to uh, Montreal very easily could tie it up there. And then it's three, three game seven going back to Tampa. So you never know. Bless up that this guy's not managing the team and he's and he's managing the city, you know, because he'd be blowing the game on purpose. This is, this would not be right. Pat, I will say I'm just glad that the Canadian team is losing. You know, I'm glad that I'm just glad that an American yeah, is well, being the Canadians. <laughs> we've never been. Yeah, there's like a few teams I feel like we're not fans of as Bruins fans, and it's like the Rangers, the Leafs, and I feel like the Canadians to some degree. Mm. Oh, I'm in then. I'm in. Go lightning. <laughs> yeah, we're we're riding lightning, I guess, which is officially bandwagoning Chandler. I mean, they won last year and they're saying it's title town. Like they're trying oh. to say it's the new. Yeah, they're trying to say it's the new title town. Get Brady for because the Rays because <laughs> the Rays were in the World Series. The lightning won the Stanley Cup. Hey, we're talking about shortened seasons, folks. This ain't Boston. This ain't New England. No dynasties. They here. won no shortened dynasties. seasons and the Rays are in second in the AL East behind Boston, I might add. So uh, Red Sox still got the lead over you. 
and Mickey Mouse Championship. Yeah, I got nothing else to say about that. But I was at the baseball game. It was funny. There was a Red Sox fan, and he was saying, like, he was getting jeered because we were losing eight to two, and he was he was saying an awful lot of wild, awful lot of wild card banners up there <laughs> in the Raptors. He's like, we don't hang those in Boston. So that's uh that's just a fact of life. That's hilarious. I love that. I love that. <laughs> no, it's not title town down there, man. Title no, it is not. We got I, I guess we I, just got to breeze through because NC. We, we do have a lot of headlines, so we just want to breeze right. through to the rest of the show. NC State done some sort of justice because I was furious when I was talking to Chandler about this. Vanderbilt, I talked about it on the pod for you, man. You did. I had to bring you did. it up. Yeah, Vanderbilt lost the College World Series. Uh, good for Mississippi State as well. They are the ones who actually won the title uh, in their first College World Series title ever. I think it was like 126 years their program's been live. So first one ever, that's a big deal. But all, for NC State, I mean, I think about NC State when I think about this because like not, a, I texted you when it happened. And then I saw like, again, I think it was the next night. So they were saying, oh yeah, due to COVID and whatever, COVID protocols, like enough players can't play and we, we can't uh, hold the game. So NC State got bounced. And then the next night, they're bra- they post a tweet. In the t- that was in the 2 a.m. news dump, too. That tweet was from 2 a.m. Yep. Eastern time. And then the next night, they freaking post a tweet saying the attendance for the night. And it was like, oh, we're so happy to have, you know, like 25,000 fans in attendance tonight. It's like the most, tone- the most tone-deaf thing from the NCAA ever. So I know the NCAA has uh, good reasons to be in the headlines as of late. But before that, just before that, there was a very bad one. So they're kind of saving face in my eyes. This was absolutely ridiculous, man. Shout out to Mississippi state. But like you said, just glad that Vanderbilt didn't go through because that was the NC state matchup before they were robbed, you know, and I don't care anything about college baseball, but I hope NC state goes on a revenge tour next year and just tears everyone apart other than Duke, but I hope they tear everyone apart. (laughs) Duke baseball might not be there. Same with North Carolina. They're not baseball schools. Is what it is, man. Is what it is. Pat, this next one, man. Inkeel Harry for the Patriots finally requests a trade. Pat's fans rejoice. This first round pick that we spent, Arizona State, never worked out. Pat, I was saying to a couple of my buddies, I don't think the Pats are going to get anything more than a fifth or sixth round pick or a seventh round talent linebacker or safety that you've never heard of that Bill Belichick has a special thing for. I think those are your two options, but. We, ha- we have enough receivers now. I'm glad Keel Harry's going for a fresh start. His agent said just hasn't worked out. It's mutual. Hopefully we can find a trade partner for this guy because it has not worked out. Yeah, he's just like either hasn't had – because he was there when Brady was still there in his last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. So, but they had options in that last year too. And that, you know, he didn't pan out to exactly what he could be. But, like, since then it's just – I mean, he had Cam Newton. Now he's got Cam Newton or Mac Jones. So it's not like he's had, like, the best situation. I'm yeah. glad that he's getting a fresh start too, as a non-Patriots fan. Right. Like he's, he can, I feel like he can be talented. He just needs to go somewhere else where he can be utilized more. And now, Can't like he said, six two. yeah, now they got <laughs> Nelson Aguilar, and uh, you're gonna have Kendrick to Bourne and they Kendrick Bourne. The Thank you, and... Hunt, uh, Hunter Henry. Yeah, Hunter. Yeah, they Johnny got Hunter Smith. Henry. Yep. No, but I mean, this this is good. This is time, and uh, I'm glad it's kind of a mutual split. That's kind of how it's running. Man, this this was big, big news the other day. Shakari Richardson banned from the Olympics for one month. She tested positive for marijuana, and 
man this is just so sad and people are so mad they're they're like blaming america they're like they're like can't believe ncaa and it's like this is the olympics so this has nothing to do with us but she said uh she said unfortunately she was smoking to cope with anxiety and um it was after the death of her mother and Pat, it literally just came out i got the espn notification 20 minutes ago that she was not added to the relay team either that was her only chance of running in this olympics because it's over a month away and she has a one-month ban but she was not added to the relay team as either man which is just so sad so the team left her out like the u.s team left her out of the relay that's that's what it seems left off us relay team after marijuana test because this would be post the one month ban just based on when the race is but she did not make it unfortunately and that's like that's the problem like i get it's an international tournament like i get that you can't be like doing drugs of any kind so i do get it but like i know we're always going to have a different view here in the u.s especially massachusetts because it's Mm. more progressive especially in that in that facet but like so for us her smoking you know, some marijuana. Uh, She's sad about her mom dying. Yeah. It's to us. It's like, Oh, let her run, you know? And I, there's a outpouring of support to her, which is great. And I know like a lot of places in the U S like it, it almost like it should be legal federally here. Like I think most of the country has that mindset at this point, but again, internationally, it's just like, I, I understand like you can't. So, yeah. I get it. I wish that uh, I wish that she was able to run the relay at least. I I, I don't agree with you know them with the one month ban and banning her because she's literally one of the fastest people alive. So banning her from her own race where she could have excelled sucks. But at the same time, I get it, and I think I think the U.S. team should have left her on the relay team. Because at the very least, you know, at the at the end of the day, I'm sorry. It's like there. It's like there they have their mindset internationally and the committee, whoever makes the rules for the Olympics and like the U S has their own too. I feel like the U S could have backed her and had her on the team. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I will say a shout out to Shikari for um, coming out and saying, Hey, I know what I did was wrong. I made the mistake. I know that I can't do it in this, in this space, but just because you can't do it doesn't mean the rules aren't stupid. Right. So I mean, <laughs> she broke the rules and it's, it sucks that it, that it's that way, but yeah, uh, I guess I guess it's rules, but. I guess it's move on, and unfortunately, she runs in four years, which, which sucks. Which really I sucks. bet she'll still be. Uh, I don't know what like the lifespan of like a prime is for track and field, but I feel like she, if not, maybe towards the end of it. But I feel like she'll still be able to compete. Hopefully, yeah. four years from now, I really hope so. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, we hope, and I'm sure that's the dream. Pat, we got to move on now. Some good news. From the NCAA, which isn't something we really say on this podcast, um, but man, they they finally decided last week that athletes were able to profit off name, image, likeness, their following, all this stuff. And Pat, we talked about on the pod, man, that you know, or actually, I talked about it with Joe two weeks ago. That whole education reform where they could pay for books and mm-hmm. educational materials, all this stuff, but. This is huge that they can profit off anything. You think about those kids like Zion Williamson that go into college with 2 million followers. Now they can make money off of that. Yeah. Dude, 12.01 the next day, there were people announcing deals with like chicken shops for like 10 grand. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. This is awesome. We're going to see so many weird endorsement deals. And I'm so excited. I love it. There's a, We've already seen them. a few. Like, we've already seen a few. We've already seen all the bar stool athletes. So yep. I love to see if people are excited. Uh, it was funny. Some girl made a TikTok that she was like one of the first bar stool athletes. And uh, 
like using a song she's like i don't know what that basically like i don't know what that means she's like free merch <laughs> like i don't know like <laughs> but i'm in getting I'm paid <laughs> i don't know so they, they don't know but people are excited but i feel like this is a conversation that we've been having since like 2008 like i remember playing like you know back to like playing ncaa football 09 like i feel like i was i think even as a kid i was always questioning because i think like i had older brothers so i think they knew i know you did too mm. we both had three older brothers so mine would say you know talk about how they don't make any money for that and i'm like that's crazy i'm like they're literally in a video game and they don't make money for it so if i hope that they're doing this like i hope ncaa football ncaa basketball all come back as games because then they'll be making a lot of money because they'll actually yeah. get paid for their likeness and not just like sponsorships through third parties that's a great point literally in the weeks since this news had passed i didn't even think about the video games that is a yeah. massive part of it i really like that that's yeah they've I, rumored them coming back and i hope that like now that this is in place they actually do come back this is not the time for rumors we we need to know <laughs> i i know no it's i think if i look i think some quick research might show that they probably are in development but you never know with ea because ea is like the worst video game company so that's very true. And speaking of the worst companies like the NCAA, Pat, I thought it was in perfect NCAA form to announce this on a Wednesday and say, you can't start making money till tomorrow. <laughs> Not like as of now, they were like, wait till 12, wait till 1201 to yep. sign with someone. Wait till, and I was like, I was like, seriously, seriously, we put just like yeah. an eight hour buffer on this. Like <laughs> there's no need. NCAA. Yeah. So everyone just like verbally agreed to contracts and now they have to mm. physically sign them. I'm sure they're getting faxed over at 1201. <laughs> people are probably anxious to do it, you know, get those fax machines running, man. Now, Pat, we, this is a question that's been going around a lot, but what athletes do you think would have made the most money if given the chance? Darren Rovell tweeted out that he estimated that Reggie Bush would have made between four and six million dollars in his years at U at uh, USC. <laughs> Can you imagine what a what would you do like a 20 year old kid at college with four million dollars? What would you do? That's the part about it that scares me is like thinking about like obviously they should get paid but like thinking about what a 20 year old like me at 20 would do with four million dollars i'd probably Never. like i would save because i understand it but also i would spend probably way more than i should and there's a lot of people that don't understand and there's going to be a lot of people to handle that money wrong yeah you got people trying to take advantage of you trying to pull like a mike tyson on you mm -hmm. like taking all your money taking advantage <laughs> of you so uh, now pat to my mind i think vince young at texas I think Reggie Bush at USC, I mean, one, also they need to give him his Heisman back and reinstate all of his records because he accepted $300,000 when he could have been making 10 times that. Yeah. I think about, I think about Johnny football and Baker Mayfield making all the money in the world. I think about Bo Jackson, even back in the eighties being larger than life. And I think about dude, Zion Williamson in one year at Duke, I can't even, that dude would have been a Jordan brand athlete before yeah. even playing in the NBA, you know? So he would have signed one of those LeBron contracts. <laughs> Just a I, lifetime. Yeah. Lifetime billion dollar contract. I could, I could easily see them jumping the gun on that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. And I thought it was pretty funny. I read through some of the Instagram comments that we got about this. Mike Friel said some sleepers were Marcus Mariota, Leonard Fournette and okay. Ezekiel Elliott. I thought that those were all really good. Yeah, Mariota at Oregon, he was he was very popular in college. I one I put on here, I don't know if anyone commented it, but Tebow, like Tim Tebow yeah, was dude. kind of an icon when he was when he was playing at Florida. Like he was a big deal. So I think Tebow would have gotten a huge deal and 
Johnny football is a repeat guy that I had that you, I think everyone that's like a unanimous, there would have been t-shirts with him holding up the money right. signs. Yeah, you can see it all now. So you see Baker Mayfield planting the flag in the field. Like, that, uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been a shirt. That would have been a shirt right there. But dude, I will say Tim Tebow would have probably had the Vatican or the Catholic church sponsoring him. And, and Matt, and yeah, they, they got more money than anyone. They got absolutely more money than anyone. Tim so. Tebow just sponsored by the Bible. <laughs> Best song book all time, man. They got the profits. That's facts. They do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Pat, let's move on, man. Let's Uh, get into some basketball. So let's just recap the conference finals real quick before we get into this NBA finals preview, Pat. I know I'm still laughing too. (laughs) Yeah, you got me with that one. That was was something. So, man, the Bucks end up beating the Hawks four to two, man. And this was an awesome series. And no Giannis for the last two games. And we got a hurt and hobbled Trey Young for the last couple of games. So, as always, man, this these last two postseasons have just been riddled by injury. And that's the big story, man. Yeah, right. It was so fitting that the two best players get hurt in this series <laughs> because that has been the story of the NBA playoffs. D-Book mm-hmm. breaks his nose. Chris Paul had apparently had a hand injury too. He had a hand and shoulder injury. Uh, Anthony Davis was hurt. I mean, it like the list Kawhi, goes on. Jalen Brown didn't Jaylen play. Brown, list, yeah, the, list, list, it just man. went on and on. So it's very fitting. It, it was, man. And I was thinking too. I was like, these are the best two players left in the playoffs. Like better than CP3, D Book, and Paul George, in my opinion, are Trey Young and Giannis. And mm-hmm. man, it, it was tough not to see them. And I mean, I. I said this last week on the pod, so I'm not going to go on about it, but just all the respect in the world to Nate McMillan, Trey Young, and the rest of this Hawks team. Guys like Lou Williams stepped up. Cam Reddish came out of nowhere to make a real difference in the conference finals. And I think this Hawks team did fantastic, man. I We talked about it before. I just think the Bucks are better. I just think the Bucks are a better team. Overall. Yeah, a better all-around basketball team. It's not like, obviously, Giannis's talent stands out, but um, besides that, it feels to me almost like a Kawhi on Toronto situation where like mm-hmm. Middleton is like, like the talent level of Van Vliet. But then obviously there's just the one superstar, which was Kawhi, but then Giannis. So it's Giannis, but then it's like just a supporting cast who are all very good. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, all three guys that kind of fly under the radar for the most part. Right. No, and then you had Brooke I- Lopez drop 33 in the conference finals. It's like in game yeah. six. Was it game seven? Yeah, game Game, six. Game six, yep, game six. And I got to say, too, man, I mean, the fact that you take Giannis out in the first game, um, they – shoot, and I just totally blanked on who they put in the lineup. Pat Connaughton they put into the lineup. But then they make the adjustment, Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis is one of four players to score 20 in game five. And then you have that big matchup that they can't play against, and then Brooke Lopez goes off because they're playing double bigs surprisingly for like the first time ever mike budenholzer made some good in-game adjustments Mm -hmm. i was absolutely shocked but man i i just think at the end of the day that you know the best players in the series were Giannis number one trey young number two chris middleton number three drew holiday number four and when you have three of the best four players in a series you should win you should win that's how it goes no yeah absolutely and i will say too man i love that nate mcmillan just got a four-year extension announced today on Tuesday. Hard to argue with it, right? I mean, I mean, after what just happened. No, people expected them to lose to the Knicks. Yeah. They were supposed to lose to the Knicks, and then here they are. They were in the conference finals against Giannis, the second-best team in the East. 
their coach, man, Nate McMillan, he was he was an interim selection. They fired Lloyd Pierce. They hired him on when the team was like 17 and 19 or something. Mm-hmm. And he was fantastic. So shout out Nate McMillan, man. I thought that I thought he was unbelievable this year. And I'm so glad that he got the deal. I'm yeah. So glad he got it. And the NBA must be big mad and the refs, too, because he was saying <laughs> the NBA was uh, paying the refs to give the Knicks calls. I'm down with a coach just saying whatever they want. Oh, I love it. $25,000. Yeah, it cost him him 25K out of pocket, but it was worth it. It was worth the entertainment value. Absolutely, Pat. Anything left on that before we move on to Suns Clippers? I I don't think so. All right, man. So we got Suns Clippers, man. The Suns end up winning 4-2. Kawhi Leonard does not play in this series. Devin Booker, broken nose. CP, nursing the injuries. Everyone, man. But I got to say... I, I'm just going to come out with this, Pat. I hate I hate being this guy, but there was no Kawhi Leonard. There was no Serge Ibaka, and Zubak missed the last two games. Yeah. And if you have those three guys, mainly Kawhi and Serge, I think that the Clippers win this series and are in the NBA Finals. But guess what? That's not what happened. They didn't play, and the Suns win 4-2, man. Devin Booker, unbelievable. CP, unbelievable. Monty Williams, Unbelievable. And you see the moment between Monty Williams and Chris Paul saying, man, we made, was we cool. made it. And he said, I'm trying to calm down, coach. I'm trying to calm down. And Monty's like, you don't need to calm down, Chris. You're going to the finals. This is <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a nice moment. I feel yeah. like that's been our mindset, at least mine, since the beginning. It's like, who are the Suns? You know, who's going to finally knock out the Suns? Like it was the first round, the second round, the third round. And I keep getting proven wrong. And here they are right in the finals again. Again, like we do have the injury problems. And yeah, Kawhi didn't play, but the Suns were playing through injuries the whole time. I mean, you got to give them as all the credit to them. I, if Kawhi was in the series, I think it's a different series. But the way the Suns have played, I think they might have still pulled it out. Yeah. I mean, especially the way like CP3 played in game uh, in game six, it was unbelievable. So forty one, dude. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, like it was a it was like a team of destiny thing. Like, they haven't played the best. I mean, D Book has not played the best. He had a broken nose. He had the mask that he played in. He hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't played the best, and the supporting cast had to they had to carry the team when the when the superstars can't play well. But if Devin Booker's clicking in the finals, Chris Paul's clicking in the finals, DeAndre Ayton's been the rock offensively and defensively. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the next series, but yeah, it would have been a different series with Kawhi, but I think the Suns still would have taken it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, and I think that the Suns have just been unbelievable, and Chris Paul wanted to be there for a very clear reason. It's amazing to see what has gone on there, man. So, Pat, let's look at this NBA Finals matchup, man. It's tonight as we're recording this on Tuesday, so when this podcast goes out tomorrow, we're going to know what happened in Game 1. But Yeah, we're not going to make any predictions. Right? Giannis is listed (laughs) as doubtful, man, and he he's expected to be a game-time decision. Um, but they're playing in Phoenix and, uh, dude, I gotta tell you, if Giannis is a game time decision, I say rest him. I say you just won two games in a row without him. I say rest him. If he's game mm-hmm. time, give him those extra two days. Cause that makes a huge difference. I'm sure he's going through round the clock therapy and recovery and all this stuff, but whoo, man, you gotta, you gotta rest this guy. If he's playing hurt, you cannot have Giannis be out for anything more than he should be. Um, mm-hmm. but if Giannis doesn't play, man, then it becomes a very even series for me because the, the bucks, I, I love the defensive matchup of drew holiday and Chris Middleton guarding CP three and Devin Booker, 
But man, if if you don't have Giannis out there, it is going to be a long, long game playing against the Suns team. It really mm-hmm. is. The goal in Phoenix for the box will be to split. So no matter what, yes. they want to come out with one game. Obviously, you, everyone would love to, but I'd say splitting is the primary goal because it's a very difficult team. I, I agree with you. Like if Giannis is not ready to go, why risk any sort of strain, any sort of furthering of the energy or of the injury? Rest him game one, a couple days later, play him in game two. You can focus on if you happen to lose game one, then you could focus on splitting in the second game with Giannis in the lineup. But like you said, they've played two games without him and they've looked fine. They've looked good. Chris Middleton has taken over when he's needed to. Brooke Lopez, the same. The supporting cast is there. I say take a chance with game one. Ooh, that's tough, man. That's tough. And Hey, you know what's something I was looking at too? I always like doing this, like we talked about in the last series. I like looking at who the best players in the series are. And if I'm looking at this series, I think Giannis number one, I think D book and CP three, two and three, but then I see Middleton and drew as those next guys. Mm-hmm. And I see Aiden as number six. And I think there's a gap between everyone else, but I think the difference is just the size and the defense. Chris Paul's a great defensive player, but drew holiday's six, four and a big, strong guard. D book, not a great defensive player. Aiton, pretty decent on defense, but Giannis is a defensive player of the year. Drew Holiday is a first team all defense. Middleton's six, eight and a very solid defender. And I think, I think for those reasons, man, I think if I had to pick, and this is all on Giannis, right? It's all about health, all about if he can play, how, how healthy is he? I'm, I'm picking the Bucks, man. I would pick the Bucks in six if, mm-hmm. if, if Giannis is playing. But obviously, that's a very, very big if after that knee hyperextension, man. Yeah, you're all about a, you're all about matchups. You you definitely I look am. into it deeper than I, which is good because sometimes it backfires on me. <laughs> but uh, I I I think I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, I was saying, yeah, Suns. Yeah, I was saying Suns and six if Giannis uh, doesn't play, and I say Suns and seven if he does play. In my mm. finals, MVP is gonna be Chris Paul. I think D I think D book might be the high score, but he take he's going to take a lot of shots to do it. Uh, Deandre Ayton's going to be, you know, he's not, I mean, he does put up crazy numbers like for rebounds, especially I'm getting like 22 rebounds in a game, which is just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he averaged in the last series, 18 and 13 is his line. He'll probably average something similar. It won't be like a crazy standout, but it's just a solid performance that yep. the Suns need, especially defensively too. I think MVP is going to be Chris Paul. He'll, I think he'll be the most clean and consistent player on the court. And and probably the most clutch. Out of anyone yeah. in this series, he's the guy that you want with the ball at the Definitely. end of the game. Now, Pat, I will say we got a live update. won't be live for listeners, but – from Woj saying Giannis is on the floor doing his pregame workout right now. And after this workout, we'll know if he's playing. So who man, I, I'm sure they want to play him. I'm sure they want to play him. Problem is dude, if Giannis plays, then you're probably having Deandre Ayton guard him. And then that leaves someone running around to Brooke Lopez on corner threes, which yeah. I don't, I don't love, but no, he can. Uh, yeah. I'm just scared. They got no one to match up with Giannis. They got no. Does any team though? Does any team have anyone to? And it still works. You know, it still works out. I think like I think Capella is a better matchup than anyone here though. And I think that Kawhi yeah, Capella did, did do was, Capella did do a pretty good job. Kawhi did it when he was on Toronto, and like it's just their power forwards are Jay Crowder and Dario Saric. That's what I'm worried about. And neither of those That's guys it. are gonna. 
Yeah, you know, you're right. Neither of those guys are going to get the job done again. It's it's going to be up to Aiton. I mean, Aiton's going to have to play the series of his life. Yeah. And, oh, I would love if he did. That'd be, yeah. that'd be amazing. If, if Aiton's the story of the finals, I'll be happy. That would be awesome, man. So at the end of the day, you're going with Suns one way or another. Yeah, I'll go Suns. I'm going, I'm going Bucks and six if Giannis plays all six. If if Giannis is out one, I'm going Bucks and seven. If Giannis is out two, I'm going Suns and six because I think I think the Suns will win two in Phoenix if they if there's no Giannis. Yeah, that's gonna but be tough your, to overcome. But as your boy Perk says, man, maybe maybe Rob maybe uh, Giannis is the Robin anyways. Maybe maybe Middleton's the Batman. We're about <laughs> to see a legendary. Uh, I know <laughs> legendary performance. Perkins as an analyst <laughs> bothers me, like it, he really does. But when he called the Chris Middleton Batman and Giannis Robin, <laughs> I was just I was dead. I mean, you can't you can't do that. Yeah, Middleton stepped up in a big way, but like you can't call Giannis Robin. Yeah, that's I mean, ridiculous. The back-to-back MVP and the defense. It's the just that the other guy was rolling his eyes, and I was too. But I was like, "Oh, Perry, because he give me some entertainment on this uh, Saturday morning." Well, Pat, we're looking forward to it, man. I'm so excited to watch this game tonight. It's going to be pretty epic. Um, now, Pat, let's get on to a little extra time. Let's get a little Euros going, man. You want to start us off and kind of run us through these games here? Yeah, because we've got to recap what happened last uh, last yeah. time out. So Italy Absolutely. beat Belgium 2-1. to one. They were up 2 nothing, and then, you know, Belgium got that. Not cheap. I mean, it was well-deserved, but they got the penalty, lucky penalty kick, a stroke of luck. It was to get a penalty kick before halftime, so they got back 2-1. And yeah, so Belgium loses and Belgium's golden generation. They do. Uh, they have not lived up to expectations, have they? Like it's been since what 2014 at that World Cup when it was like that was the big talk was the golden generation. Right. Bowed out of that. They barely beat the U.S. I think I remember they were up two nothing and we ended up scoring Julian Green. Yeah, scored like the 106th minute. And we uh, we almost came back. So I was so to, to barely beat the U.S. was already saying some even as I wear my U.S. jersey. And that's when Tim Howard set the save record that, in the world. That was, yeah, 17. Tim Howard. Yeah, an unbelievable game. So he's had some big lightning outside. That's pretty much, yeah, It's it's been stormy here. I'm surprised both of us have power and consistent right now. Because <laughs> I drove from, uh, from work and it was not good. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it was not good. But in that game with Italy, Kevin De Bruyne played through significant injury. He said he shouldn't have even been able to play. Like his ligaments, Achilles was just torn. Eden Hazard couldn't play. Uh, and yes, yeah, so you just have these, I mean, two of the best players in the world, maybe not Hazard anymore, at least last year, Kevin De Bruyne is certainly, if not the best midfielder in the world, one of the top five, uh, out or not playing either at full capacity or out completely. So to lose to Italy, who looked like the team of the tournament, it was, it was not that bad. Italy's playing out of their minds right now. It is so much fun watching them. That defense is unbelievable. Yeah. Pairing up Kalini and Bonucci back in that in that defense, man. It's it's worked. It's yeah, and as awesome as we're recording this, Italy did actually just move on to the final as well. They beat Spain a little earlier, uh, from where we're recording. They won on penalties four two. It was a good game. They they looked tired for a lot of the game. They looked worn out. Uh they looked in the first half a little disjointed. But Chiesa got that beautiful goal to open the scoring in like the 60th minute. It was pretty close to that. And then uh, Morata had a beautiful, beautiful goal as well. Tied at 1-1, but Italy prevailed. So I know my buddy Andrew is happy. Uh, Andrew Mitchell, from uh, he is very Italian, and uh, he is very happy. 
but uh, Italy are as well. And of course, man, Murata does his thing in the penalty shootout and just has it gone yeah, off and, the penalty attempt. Yeah, and I, <laughs> feel, I feel bad for him because he gets like his family gets like death threats, and then he goes like, and he had the goal to tie up the game in like the 80th minute, and no one's even gonna remember that. They're nope. gonna remember how he missed the penalty, like even though he scored and brought them to extra time and saved the game for Spain. I guarantee he's gonna get the same threats because he missed the penalty. Yeah, it's like it one is- minute. You're the hero. One minute, you're the villain. It is sad, man. It's messed up. No one should be getting a death threat for a soccer game. But I will say, man, Jorginho came in and iced that game with that final penalty to win it. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, I sent the keeper the other way. That was awesome. It's always what you like to see. <laughs> and, Pat, we've had some other crazy games, man. Like, you listen on here, man. That Switzerland and France <laughs> game, out of just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous going down to penalties and watching the french giants fall <laughs> i know amazing and i was in florida and like we had you know dinner plans and it was a three o'clock game so i saw the first half and switzerland were up one nothing and i was so pumped and then like i'm out i can't watch anymore and i looked at my phone and france was up two one because benzema scored twice in like two minutes and i was like oh my god i was like they're gonna lose i was rooting for switzerland obviously and then they went up 3-1 because Pogba scored that crazy goal. And then I looked later and Switzerland were <laughs> tied 3-3. And I missed all of it. And I was so mad. And then I, I uh, while we were like walking around, I like pulled up the game. I was like, I have to because I already missed all the best parts. I was like, I got to see the end at least. So I watched uh, extra time and penalties while walking around. And it was good. But yeah, I, lo- I love Switzerland. I always find myself rooting for them. I like Shakiri and Granit Xhaka. So big switzerland guy they did beat france but then they went on to lose uh they lost to spain in penalties heartbreaker in a penalty shootout so one day it goes well in the penalty shootout the other day not so much that's the beauty of it man getting to watch them play every couple ga- a couple days you know it's, yeah it happens so it quick just, it shifts so much man and I got to tell you, dude, this this Denmark team, this is the team everyone's rooting for, Pat, right? I mean, this this is the team we all want to see win. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope they beat England, and I really, really hope – well, I shouldn't say really, really – I really, really hope they beat England, and then if Andrew listens, he's not going to be happy, but I kind of hope they win the entire tournament. I think a lot of neutral fans will be on their side too. They lost Christian Eriksen. I mean, that whole thing happened with him, and now they're here they are playing for a chance to be in the final. It's insane. Without their best player, they're probably playing for him. He's in the hospital watching. So I'm very, very happy about Denmark making it this far. They have, I mean, no matter what, like, that's the thing. They can go out and play fearless because they have nothing to lose. It's all, all the pressures on England, all the expectations. Denmark can go play free, play how they want. They don't have to play defensively because they're going to have to score. I mean, England has like one of the best defenses internationally as it is. So Denmark are going to have to focus on scoring. So it should be a good game. It absolutely should be. And like you said, if you're a neutral man, if if you're anything but an England fan or, or an Italy fan and you're not rooting for Denmark, there's something wrong with you, man. This, mm-hmm. this is the team that's doing it. This is the team that's playing for their best player that literally died while playing soccer. So, I mean, all the respect to Denmark and getting this far. No one thought that they would be here. And uh, I got to tell you, this this has been so much fun to watch. And no one wants to see England win. Come on. We, we don't want to see England win. No, they just put a four nothing whopping on Ukraine, which Ukraine looked good and they had looked really good uh, up to that point. I mean, they just beat Sweden, who looked very good this tournament. Emil Forsberg was unbelievable, and uh, yeah, I mean they they beat Ukraine four nothing. So 
it, all their games have been like home games too. I think that right. game was not at Wembley, but every other game is at Wembley. It was before, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know where the final is. Is the final at Wembley? I would I don't really, know where the final is. I can't make I, I yeah, I can't make like a proper statement, but if it's at Wembley, we certainly can't root for England. They're gonna win at home. Yeah, no, can't, not, that would be can't have that. No, can't can't have, have, it's like can't Tampa have. Bay winning the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Exactly. Right. We can't we can't have that. That's not that's not okay in my book. They did absolutely beat down on Ukraine, man, which was tough to see. But I got to tell you, Pat, I mean, we want to see Denmark in. But as as a neutral neutral, I mean, an England Italy final would be a lot of fun. That would be mm-hmm. a lot of fun to watch. You know, that's that's the soccer game I'd want to watch as a neutral. But for the storyline, give me Denmark all day, every day. Absolutely. Yeah. England Italy would be a better game, probably. But you never know in international football. These small teams make a run. You don't know who's going to win. Switzerland scored twice in the last 10 minutes of the game and they end up winning against France who are the world cup winners. So it's uh, anything could happen. You never know. Denmark could make the run. Anything goes, man. Anything goes. All right, Pat. And just before we move on real quick, man, Copa America is going on too. And it's not as exciting because the teams aren't as good and, you know, Mm -hmm. in all these countries, but Brazil is in the final right now. And tonight, while we're recording at 9 p.m., Colombia versus Argentina. Messi's been playing out of his mind to get Argentina here. Lucas Paqueta has been playing like crazy. But realistically, Argentina should beat Colombia, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get them to beat. Then we have Brazil-Argentina. It's the matchup everyone wants. Does Messi get that international medal, Pat? Does he get it? I hope so. Brazil look good. It's like... I don't know as much about Copa America or like the South American teams. So it's hard to say, but I got to imagine Messi's going to carry the team to victory, but it's going to be Messi versus Neymar. So you never know. I mean, Brazil are all around talented. Argentina's defense has never been that great. Like the way they play and the defense that just come out, comes out of their country. It's always been their worst statistic. So I'm curious to see. It could be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be a competitive game. Absolutely, man. It's tough to score on a defense that has Tiago Silva and Marquinhos, and right in front of them, you got Casemiro and Fabinho mm-hmm. <laughs> walking down the hole in midfield. So it'll be fun to watch, man. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. But Pat, moving on, man. We got we got two listener questions submitted this week, Pat. But one of them we already answered. You know who's who's winning the NBA Finals. Shout out Carson for submitting that question, but. As always, got to love Brett submitting some good questions, man. Are the days of LeBron winning in the playoffs as the best player on his team over? Are, there, are those days gone, Pat? I don't th- like maybe not as the superstar we know him as to just take over a game, but he still might be the best all around player on the court because he might just he might take a backseat to scoring. You know, he might just be yeah. more focused on rebounding and assisting and he's still going to get his. I mean, he's still going to have those games where he scores 30. He's still going to have those games where he scores over 20. And but if he scores 16 points, gets like 10 assists and 13 boards. I mean, he that's still in competition for the best player on the court. I mean, right. I think he's capable of doing that. And I think he can. I think as he gets older, like LeBron's so good, I think he's just going to get better at playing a different type of role. He'll still be the leader, but just not, you know, the Miami LeBron, like taking over games, scoring 50 points. Yeah, no, that's absolutely very fair. I'm going to go with the fact that I don't think Anthony Davis has a killer instinct to where I think LeBron will still be the best player on that team and he'll still be the guy taking the shot down the stretch. And Mm -hmm. 
Man, uh, I'm ready for all those LeBron sitting in a hyperbaric chamber tweets as always because they had an early exit from the playoffs. <laughs> I, I think LeBron still has a chance. I, I think LeBron's as good as anyone's ever been. And regardless, you of, can't count him out. It's just right. It would be I don't stupid to be 37 or whatever he'll be in his year 19. Year. Yeah, wait till all the year 19 strive for greatness. Like let's see, like I'm I'm ready for all of it, and it's gonna happen again. So let's see what the Lakers do in the off season, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, see if they can add anything else to that roster. Yeah, definitely. And you actually brought up something that makes me just want to bring up a side note. Do you think Anthony Davis lost his killer instinct in New Orleans? Like, do you think if he came out of Kentucky to a team like the Lakers that he would have one? Because I agree with you that I he doesn't look like it. He doesn't look like he has one. But was it like four years on the Pelicans just not even making the playoffs? I think it was even more than four years, but I think that could definitely be what it is, man. Because when you come in a league and you're not put in this position to succeed – he had one playoff berth in New Orleans in like eight years or whatever it was. It's, mm-hmm. It wasn't good. It was not good. So I think I think that absolutely can happen. If you're put in the right position, I mean, Zion never had that killer instinct. So who, who knows what's yeah, going to happen with him in New yeah, Orleans. But he won the national title at Kentucky and then he goes to, you know, New Orleans to play with essentially yeah. nobody. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a very interesting point, man. I'd uh, I'd be interested to see. It's it's all about fit, man. I'm telling you, it's all about fit. You put Brandon Ingram on the Lakers, and you know what? He's horrible. And you know what? He's a bust. But then he gets straight to the Pelicans. He averages 25, and he's a first time All Star when he's 24. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think it's all about fit. But it is it, it is impossibly hard because because who knows how that would go out go otherwise. But. I don't know. I don't, I don't trust AD with the ball in his hand at the end of the game. So I think he did lose it somewhere along the line. Yeah, not at the end of the game, but just, uh, he, I mean, he's still a great player. Just, I agree with you. End of the game and killer instinct seem to be lagging. All right, Pat. Well, man, as always, it's time to start wrapping up the show. So we're going to get on to what we've learned. But as always, we got to get a little ad from Bookthinkers in, man. So if you read personal development books, please go over and check out Bookthinkers. This company is dedicated to helping you fulfill your life more through books. So every single day on Instagram and every week on their podcast, this team over at Bookthinkers is helping you discover new books and new mentors. That's a big part that you can help. Uh, that can help you achieve more in lo- and live better. So remember the right book at the right time can absolutely change your life. You can find out more, go to www.bookthinkers.com. That's the World Wide web right there, Pat, or type in bookthinkers to Instagram, go check them out. This team's doing a lot of great stuff. Please give them a look, give them a follow. Now, Pat, why don't we get on to what we've learned and you tell us what you learned this week. Yeah. So I mentioned Belgium soccer earlier and just how, you know, it was the golden generation. They haven't lived up to expectations. I mean, that's the thing. I think Belgium is just such a, it's a growing country and they just, I think now they have such like a dedicated soccer population and soccer system that they're just going to, they're going to continue to be good. There's going to be other golden generations. This was just the first, I mean, you look at some of their best players are Yuri Tielemans, who's like 22. Right. You have uh, Jeremy Doku, who's like, 20 it's like some of their best players are literally well well under 25 and then the youth academy as well i know their youth team uh didn't isn't ranked that high and they just uh they did poorly at a tournament recently but like uh, that's still just development i mean these guys are still going to be great and maybe there will be a gap in the next coming years but i i think like they're going to be a consistent top you know six country in the world like there's going to be high expectations of them always 
And so that was part of it. And then my other was that, again, they, they lost to Italy, who like look like not only the team of the tournament, team of destiny they just beat spain in the penalty kicks too which is just mostly a toss-up like obviously it's a lot of skill obviously you got to keep your nerve but at the end of the day like there's a little bit of luck involved too because goalies are guessing and got kickers are guessing so they lost to italy who are the team in the tournament <laughs> gonna face england or denmark in the final and uh italy themselves look like they could be fav- not only before that spain game i wrote this like their favorites for the tournament but also are they world cup favorites for me? Like if they win euros, definitely. But even coming into the final, I think probably because they're probably only, they are probably only going to get better. I think it's uh, I think it's Chiellini that they, this might be his last tournament, Mm. but other than that, like everyone who they have is just going to get better. Yeah. You look at a guy like Chiesa, you look at some of their young talent, man, and it's just going to continue to go through the roof. Like Donnarumma. I love that point, man. You hope Belgium figures it out, but they should no longer be the number one ranked team in the world. No, and they won't be. But should France either, you know? France just lost to Switzerland, so. Hazard's not what he used to be, man. KDB was hurt, so it's all about health there. Um, Pat, what I learned this week, man, I got to tell you, my girlfriend bought me this, um, this content package from Real Rock for my birthday. Real Rock is like the only people that do independent rock climbing films. And we watched Real Rock 14 last night. And there's like there's like three different movies that are part of it. And there's this 20-minute feature thing called the United State States of Joe's. And it's this, it's these wacky climbers that, you know, tattoos, shaved heads, all jacked out of their minds, like rock climbing bums. They look like homeless people. And they go to this like super rural town in Utah where it's all Mormons. There's like nothing for miles because it has some of the best bouldering in the world. And it was just so funny watching these just absolute homeless bums that shaving their heads like dreads, just all this crazy stuff. They became like so close with this community that's filled with Mormons, the most conservative, like Second Amendment people you've ever seen in your life, man. And now they sell bouldering gear. They sell all this crazy stuff and their entire economy thrives off rock climbing now, like 20 years later. And I just got to tell you, man, it was another example of just sports bringing people together in ways that you would never, ever imagine. Like the most redneck, conservative people (laughs) you've ever seen, all Mormons. And they like just welcomed with open arms these people. They saw them sleeping in tents on the side of the road. And they're like, are homeless people like coming to invade our town? Like what's going on? And it's just another example of sports bringing people together, man. It's it, it was beautiful to watch, and it was absolutely hilarious. Like, my girlfriend and I were laughing watching it, but it was pretty darn wholesome. So uh, it's something to check out and learn about if, if anyone's interested in some uh, obscure bouldering in uh, in Utah going on over there like me. <laughs> That's a cool story. Are there, like, there's mountains there by the town, or do they just run the – they just kind of run it out of there? So it's literally, yeah, literally right by the town. There's literally like, it's not fields. It's like deserts of just massive boulders. Oh, so okay. people like bouldering up to 20, 30, 40, 50 feet. And it's like, it's just like barren wasteland with just massive rocks everywhere. So like these people would just go weave in and out of the rocks, try to find the new climbs. And they spent like months there at a time. And then they started moving in and it is just, it was a hilarious story. It, like you and see I'm- these 70 year old white dudes with mustaches down to here, like trying to hop on the rocks, like. <laughs> just it's prime prime. (laughs) and i'm gonna get a lesson here is bouldering different than regular rock climbing yes yes so bouldering is no ropes up to 20 feet 
but past that is is it's actually up to 30 feet and then past that's called high balling and then it's just free soloing at a point but other types of climbing are called like traditional climbing or sport climbing that's when you have a harness on and you're roped in but, but bouldering no no yeah, ropes up to no, 30 no. feet that's yeah it's it's pretty intense which is why it's so fun to watch man rock climbing docks are just nature documentaries mixed with action sports they're, they're pretty dope <laughs> they are they need to make it an olympic sport i this, almost brought the first year oh really this is the first year climbing's in the olympics yeah oh sweet to be last year but then it got i think you mentioned that already i think i'm actually i think you definitely mentioned that on a podcast prior no worries Pat. i think i no missed worries, that man. one anyways if anyone's interested just look up the united states of joe's man absolutely hilarious um just some wholesome wholesome climbing content if you need in your life like i do <laughs> pat anything else before we wrap this thing up man no well said chandler i think that's uh that's it for me i'm tapped out today <laughs> and you just got back back into the workforce after much much needed vacation even if you say it wasn't and <laughs> Pat, I, I got some serious thunder and uh and lightning going on right now so I, I think it's a good time to wrap it up yeah we kept power going i'm surprised i drove home in an absolute monsoon i know my girlfriend lost power so i'm shocked we didn't so i'm, I'm glad we were here to record and uh i'm glad that you are here with us listening if you're listening this far and you made it and you hear this message thank you yes we appreciate all the listeners out there man awesome to have pat back on this week that's it's what it's all about man just sitting here talking sports we do not take your time for granted if you're still listening to us jab on man and you know whether you're listening on wednesday thursday friday or saturday whatever it is we appreciate you thank you for all the likes the comments please go subscribe to the youtube leave a apple podcast review whatever it is we appreciate anything you put towards our podcast so Other than that, thank you. Please like, subscribe, all that nonsense, and uh, peace out. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. You are listening to Right Off the Bus.